Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Boy, I would just love someday to have that accent down properly. Blog Talk Nothing's going to stop this one, Rudy. 
Nothing's going to stop this one. Yeah, I mean, just think of, I mean, we really didn't even stop to talk about that, but just think of, if, you know, George, um, you know, with with all the great and most sweet of intentions, just wasn't able to continue, and, uh, you know, with other commitments he has, and he had enough integrity to own up to that and say he couldn't do the, the project justice uh, right now. He certainly has the talent to do an amazing job, but he just can't put the time commitment in. And uh, and then in, in the door, a half an hour later, the next guy picks up the uh, baton. <laughs> and the race continues. <laughs> I, I'm sad to hear the judge is gone, but uh, it's a funny thing the way it happens, you know? Well, uh, it's just another testament to uh, how um, how amazing this project is. You know, I sat here. Um, you know, this new guy, Rick, is. You know, he's kind of. Uh, I, we got to get him. I'm gonna. I didn't even think to do this. I might even try to get him on the phone uh, in the show, and welcome him aboard, and have you speak to him directly. But uh, you know, I tried to put this in perspective to him, and we're sitting here in my house, and I said, you know, try to imagine this. I said, there's this amazing club, and he gets the whole concept because he he referred to CBGB, which is the uh, the club that um, existed in the Bowery that uh, pissed, uh, the, the club that spawned the Sex Pistols and all of that punk rock and had stars like Blondie, et cetera. He had actually been in the club, and I told him, I said, well, I said, that's interesting. I said, now take that experience and, and multiply it by a 1,000, and you might just begin to get close to what happened at the Sugar Shack. And we talked about the fact that uh, Studio 54 is doing a documentary this year, and I told him Studio 54 has nothing on the experience of the Sugar Shack because they didn't have any live acts. Uh, it wasn't about the musicians. It was about um, the people who went there. And uh, so uh, I said, imagine that this amazing club existed over 50 years ago, and 50 years later it has fallen into our hands to document this and tell this amazing story out of the billions of people on the planet. <laughs> it has come to us. And uh, it's a big responsibility, and it's uh, it's an amazing story that's going to, when people see this thing, uh, they're going to be transformed. They, if they didn't hear about the shack, they're going to just be blown away by what happened there. And, of course, the people who were there are going to be overjoyed knowing that the, the story is told and that it will be preserved forever. So... Uh, so, yeah, he got it. He looked at me and goes, yeah, he says, it's all pretty damn, damn amazing, isn't it? You know, and the way that I got him, Rudy, was uh, the day that I had Peaches and Herb, Herb um, scheduled. You know, I spoke to George and, um, you know, he had, he had just, uh, you know, had something happen. And I said to him, you know, George, if you, you know, not emotionally ready to do this today, you know, I said, if you physically, you know, whatever, I said, you should be careful and uh, not you know, um, jeopardize yourself in any way. I said, I understand. I said, I can try to get somebody else. So at 12.30, with a, an appointment at 4 o'clock, I had nobody. And I tried everything to go to Gig Salad, Gig Masters, Craigslist, um, online, trying to find a videographer. Could find nobody. 
and called a buddy of mine who has a, um, a cable show and wanted to know if he knew a cameraman. And Rick was on his way out the door. He said, if you got me two minutes later, he said, called me two minutes later, I would have been long gone. And instead, he picked up the phone, called me, and at 4 o'clock, right on the dot, when I was scheduled to interview Peaches and Herb, he walked in and did a, the most professional of shoots, just fabulous, a great guy. And uh, then he, of course, did the one with Jerry Maffeo, and he's a pro. He's a true pro. He's got big passion for music and especially soul music. So, uh, yeah, we had a... A, a shift of power and it was seamless. Nobody got hurt. <laughs> and nobody got hurt. That's a beauty part of it. Yeah, and George was, uh, you know, I had a couple of friends who I really had a, a falling out with when they challenged me about possession of the films. Because all along, Rudy, there's been incredible trust here. Uh, on all parts, everybody trusts one another, and I got pretty upset that he, uh, my friend, intimated that um, you know that at some point I would have trouble uh, getting the the f footage that we've already done. And one of the first words out of George's mouth was, "I'll be sending you um, a hard drive with all of the film content on it." Um, no questions asked. He didn't talk about compensation. He didn't talk about licensing. He didn't talk about credits. He just, everybody has come at this, Rudy, with their hearts. And that's that's the beauty of this whole thing. So, we uh, we have a guy who has more time and more focus than George recently does because just a, that's the way it is in his life. So we got a guy who can give us um, the attention we need right now. Uh, it's a beautiful oh, thing. That is beautiful, because that's what you need. It's hard well, yeah, to find imagine, Rudy, that if I got that phone call from George, and then we, we, you and I were having this conversation, and we're trying to figure out, what do we do now? Yeah, that's true. That never happened in a half an hour later. <laughs> a guy walked through my door saying, oh, okay, let's let's go to work. And last night, uh, I sent them uh, an outline of what we've done to date, and the storyboard and where we're going to go and, uh, you know, told them one of the things that I outlined was uh, in the next few weeks we want to uh, get together with Peter Wolf, who was the lead singer for uh, the Jay Giles Band in, with Jerry. we got to take more footage of Jerry. We want to get to Robert Lovelace and uh, his crew. Uh, I told him we want to track down Chandra uh, and get her. We got a Cool in the Gang and a Bootsy Collins date coming up in Foxwoods. Uh, we have, uh, I want to get together with uh, Woody from the Fabulous Lords and do that. Um, so we, uh, we, we're going to be busy, Rudy. Going to be, this is the kind of stuff that's been on hold, but we're going to really start to clean up uh, all of the local stuff we can and then uh, hopefully get... Uh, that cool in the gang shot in and whatever other acts we can to, um, you know, hopefully wrap this up by the end of the year. And, hope, and of course, uh, <laughs> you know, he knew that Jay Leno was in the mix and he was uh, just saying, Oh boy. You know, I said, well, you know, I said, George is going to be the one to go out on that one. 
And he goes, oh, what I wouldn't give to go along and, and film Jay Leno. And he said, to be part of it, well, now he is. So you can imagine his excitement over this thing. That's unbelievable. It's, uh, it just goes to show the Sugar Shack ain't dead yet. Well, the Sugar Shack has the Sugar Shack. When we t- when I explain to people how it all happened, you know, I was explaining to him your history, your chronology. Here you were, you were a successful businessman. You you uh, and all of a sudden you go see the Al Jolson. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I've written a novel this uh, winter on my own. Uh, property, the bean town, my little beans, and uh, you know. And so what I had to do is I had to read a lot of about how do you craft a story, and one of the main elements of, of a story called the hero's journey is the fact that the hero gets a call, and not not necessarily a telephone call, but m- maybe a spiritual call, a call on the inside. And I said Rudy's call to action was the Al Jolson story. He uh, right. saw that story, I don't know how many times, and said, i got to get into show business. <laughs> and along Definitely. comes, go well, ahead. Play, you know, in Boston, uh, they had theaters all over, the, uh, all over the city, you know. And when the show played, uh, when, the, when the movie played the top theaters, then it went to... Uh, the other theaters all over town, all over the... Oh, yeah, I remember place. that, yes. Yeah, so I followed it, and I saw it 17 times. That's how much... <laughs> <laughs> times. Well, I'm going to watch that tonight. In fact, we're going to, uh, you know, try probably try to get clip some footage from that and show that because that was such a significant wake-up call to you that you wanted to be in show business. And then, of course, uh, Jerry Vale came along. Well, no, Jerry Vale was always there, but I never wanted to get involved. But my friend used to say, come on, we're throwing a party. We, we got Jerry Vale there. And I, he he was very friendly with him, you know. And I said, I, I'm a gambler. What, what do I want to get involved with a singer? I got nothing in common, you know. And then right. when the Josephs came out, and they had to drag me to see it, because in those days, I wanted to see gangsters and westerns. <laughs> that was a real turnaround. That was a real turnaround in my life, uh, that I knew where I wanted to go music. You know, that's so just I, an, uh, inc- yeah, that's an incredible I, part of this story, is, you know, you know my, my thing, Rudy, is that I never wanted to be a comedian, and I never, <clears throat> never, never thought that I would be able to be involved in filming anything on the Sugar Shack. I just had no experience. Like you, I, you know, I wasn't a filmmaker. I had no experience as a filmmaker, really no desire to, to go that route. And it, and it just comes to you. I mean, those are the things people can't explain. How do these things come to you? You know, I'm the guy, like I said to Rick, I said, of all the billions of people who know that this is such a great project and there's going to be a, 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 certainly, if we don't get an Oscar, we're going to get nominated. And, you know, I believe we will get that Oscar. How many people get this to actually just come to them the way that the Al Jolson story did and then a way that uh, soul music came to you through that visit to the barn and Wayne Cochran? 
Yeah. Well, that's what it is. Uh, certain things like uh, they just pop up out of nowhere, and uh, they seem to work themselves out. Yeah, and you know, I mean, everything that's ha- you know, I explained to him that trip out to Vegas, you know, we, and we were going to shoot. <laughs> Excuse me. Talk about another event that was supposed to happen. You did not want to go to that bar. <laughs> to do that shoot And you walked in And you saw those lights And you saw the setting And then in the that very same shoot You get on the phone with Duke And how many years it had been Since you had talked to him Of the four Duke top Baker. Yeah from the four yeah. top that, that, was, that was amazing uh, That fellow Don Called uh, Without me, he never mentioned to me he was going to call the four tops. And yeah. then all of a sudden, he wanted to find out if I was for real. <laughs> you know, because I never met the guy other than that day there. And uh, he says, uh, hey, I got, uh, I just called the Duke Faker from the four tops, and he, he wants to know wh- where you are. <laughs> he wants to speak to you. <laughs> Your daughter, 
<laughs> Rudy Garino's daughter is hanging out with Barry Gordy's daughter. They talk on the phone, and this Friday night she's going to go hang out with Sherry Gordy at her review and see Jackie Wilson's kid, Bobby Wilson. Jackie Wilson's kid. Yeah, and and, and I said to her, Susanna, in your life, would you have imagined being having this part that you're interviewing? She's done these beautiful. She interviewed Duke. She interviewed, uh, uh, you know, some of the, the band members of the OJs, et cetera. She did a great job out there. Now she's going to go and hang out with Jackie Wilson's kid and Barry Gordy's daughter. <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that you don't plan, Rudy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't you know, know and I, I said, Jack- yeah. Do you know Jackie Wilson? I says, yeah. <laughs> and, and she wants me to, Barry Gotti, uh, what's her name? Uh, Sherry Gotti wants me to go. I says, tell Jackie's kid that his father used to keep me up all night, and one night they stole my car. I, you know, there's a park. <laughs> There was a parking lot in back of the sugar shack. At the, at the end of the alley there, it was like a parking lot that goes out onto Tremont. Uh, I think that Stewart Street. Stewart, yeah, Stewart and Tremont. Yeah, I know the parking lot. It was right across from Nick's. I used to park my car in there, and uh, they had a door going into the alley and into my club. But uh, one morning when uh, everybody left, my car was gone. <laughs> was one of those Cadillacs? Yeah, the brand new Cadillac. In fact, I just came up from Florida to, to be with Jackie, you know, because his friend used to call me and tell me, Rudy, make sure you take care of Johnny. I mean, uh, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Oh, his name was Johnny. I don't want to mention his last name. Actually, you got right. it, John. And you know something? Those guys did me a big favor. That's by me helping Jack, not helping him, by me assuring them that nothing was going to happen to him. Uh, I ended up with Al Green. That's how wow. I ended up with Al Green. See how one story leads to another story. Right. Well, I told... I um... I remember the agent. Are you crazy, Al Green? He's super. He's a superstar already. I says, I know he is. I says, why can't I have him? He says, he's too big. He's too big. He's getting a lot of money. So okay. And I happened to call Johnny, and oh, we were talking. I says, hey, you guys got a line on Al Green? He says, yeah. Why you want him? I says, yeah, what date do you want? I says, I'll take any date. <laughs> right, right. He called, Amazing. He called me. He says, uh, he gave me a date. He says, is 20000 all right? I says, you got it. And uh, wow. that's how it happened. And then wow. I called the agent. He says, pencil in the date, whatever the date it was. I says, and guess who? Al Green. Ah. Ah. He says, what are you kidding me? I says, no, I'm not kidding you. I says, check it out, lock that date out, and we have Al Green. He 
called me back. He said, how'd you do it? How'd you do it? How'd you do it? I said, that's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the miracles continue, Rudy. This is, uh, you know, and every you know, time, you know, people, People get a little uptight. I said, just relax. I said, this is big. This is a big boat, and it ain't stopping. It doesn't stop on a dime. It just keeps going. Yeah. We had that same remark from an agency that used to handle Jerry Vale. And uh, I told him, we got Jerry Vale. He says, you got nobody. Well, what do you mean you got Jerry Vale? Uh, I says, Jerry committed. He's coming in. He says, I know Jerry. He don't commit to nothing. Oh, so he called me back. He says, I guess you're right, and I'm wrong. <laughs> I said, before you open your mouth, Great. you should check out the story. Great Those stuff. Two, it, it shocked the agents because they were so surprised that somebody went over their head, and it was uh, it was unbelievable. I guess nobody ever did that who went over their heads uh, or I didn't go over the head accidentally because I'm friendly with these guys, uh, with these people. I don't mean to say I went over the head. But, well, uh, you just went around them. That's all. If they're going to block the door, we'll just walk around to the other side. Um, you know, I mean, you know, I was telling, of course, I'm trying to bring Rick up to what I call the gestalt of the Sugar Shack documentary and all of the weird, crazy events that happened by themselves. And I said, you know, we were in the Wang Theater with um, four security guards, four sec- with their arms extended, blocking the stage door, fighting with us that we were not going to go back there, that we were not allowed to film anything in the Wang Theater because it was a union house, that we didn't have clearance, blah, blah, blah. And that door opened up behind him, <laughs> and I forget his name, a sweetheart of a guy, the roadie, the road manager for the OJs, looked at this scene. There was George and I and four security guards, and he goes, what's the problem here? They said, these guys can't go back there. He said, let them in. <laughs> <laughs> they were furious. <laughs> they were furious. <laughs> and and then even he said to us, how long is this going to take? I said, just five minutes. Just give us five minutes. He says, well, he said, uh, they've got to do a meet and greet. He says, I want this over with quick. We said, yeah, we'll be real quick. We'll be real quick. Eddie and um, Walter Williams <laughs> walked in, <laughs> sat down, and hung out like it was their own living room. Yeah. Uh, half an hour later. Yeah. <laughs> Half an hour later. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, it's a great, great journey, and uh, this is going to get very exciting in the next few weeks. We got, uh, And, you know, we have the mystery guest who we certainly can't talk about that's going to add a lot <clears throat> to this. I, when you called me and told me that he had called you after so many years and you said, you know, his nickname – I thought you were talking about the Iceman, Jerry Butler. <laughs> but you used a different term. <laughs> and I, then you straightened it out for me. But, yeah, but we're going uh, to contact Jerry and, 
and set that up as well. So the fascinating. Was, fa- faci- the nickname was fine. Not the Iceman. It was the other thing. <laughs> yeah. Hitman. Yep. Hitman. You said it. I didn't. <laughs> so we're going to pursue that as well. Yeah. Jerry Rudy, this say is a- Yeah. He used to call the back. Used to call the office. Smiley's here. (laughs) (laughs) Smiley. (laughs) Yeah. If anything, Uh, uh, fellas, at least we're having a lot of laughs, and we're we reliving a memory that'll never go away. That's right, and uh, you know, I said to. I said to Rick the other day, I said, Rick, uh, you know, I said, and I told Susanna this, and I think I might have even mentioned this to you. You know, we could stop right now. If you want to stop right now, we'll have a fantastic, we'll have a good film right now. We've got enough footage. No. We've got about eight hours of footage to have a good film. But no, we, we want, just relax. We, we want to relax. We want an Oscar. We more big ones. That's right. We're going to get the big ones. The story continues. It gets wilder and crazier. I mean, Rudy, here it was just about a month ago. You were on... uh, um, Jay Harvey had called in the week before. And again, I was ready to close out the show. And I yelled and screamed. I said, wait, wait, wait. We have a caller. And it was Jay Harvey. And we had a great talk with Jay Harvey. And uh, so all of a sudden... Out of the blue, he mentioned hanging around in Boston in the early days with Jay Leno because they were both comedians. He didn't say anything about Jay Leno being at the Sugar Shack, nothing. He mentioned that they did a few talent shows together. And then, so it was great to have that conversation with him. And Jay, Jay of course, has all his anecdotes about the club. Well, the following week, you had signed off. Oh, by the way, we want to give a shout-out to Billy Porter. He just sent me a text saying he's, he's, um, he's actually uh, listening right now. He's, I don't know why he's not calling. He's a very important man these days. In uh, fact, he likes to so give me in the text. Yeah, he likes the, the, the quotes, the fu- you've got a great future behind you. Oh, yeah. And, uh, right. he, yeah, he's, he's, a, <laughs> he's a very important guy. You know, we used to be able to get him at the beginning of the show, but now – now that he's got a few movies that he's in, uh, you know, he's like all those celebrities. He can only talk to us when, you know, he has the time from his busy schedule. But um, we, you had signed off. Billy had signed off. And I was, oh, it was the day that we were about to interview Peaches and Herb. And I heard uh, Shake, Your, Shake Your Mean Thing or Shake Your, I forget the exact title. And I was listening to a riff in there. And I said, wait a minute. I said, that sounds like Michael Jackson. That sounds like Thriller. <clears throat> and so I went, and you were gone. Billy was gone. So it was just me on the air. And I went in, and I found the Thriller um, uh, song, and I pulled up that riff. And I said, there it is. And George Wilson told me later, he says, of course. He says, it was uh, Quincy Jones. He says, it was Quincy Jones. Um, beat that he threw in there. So of course it was similar. And out of nowhere, the 
the the computer lit up and we got a caller and it was uh, Bruce Howard and he went on for another half an hour about his experience at the Sugar Shack and at the very end of his half hour said oh by the way he says one of the cool things was there well, you got to see people before they became stars he says I used to hang out with Jay Leno and I was like what he says yeah he says Jay Leno was in the club and remember you said before you thought Jerry was on something to be talked. Jerry Maffeo was on something because Jay Leno was never in the club. So we dismissed it. We thought Jerry was making it up. And yet this guy says, no, no. He says, I hung out with Jay. And, we, you know, he, we, he was really a nobody at the time. And he said that Jay didn't actually get on stage. He was just, uh, just loved the club because he was going to school at Emerson. And every chance he got, he came over and listened to the music. And then we got the real story from Jerry about the, the uh, Brigham Sundays and all of that. And that wouldn't have happened. And then, of course, I called Jay. I, I, I sent a text to Jay Harvey. He said, uh, Jay, how do we get in touch with Jay Leno? And he said, here, call Helga. It's his uh, assistant. He said, you know, send her an email. He gave me the email, and Jay is committed to do the film. I mean, how? <laughs> how does that happen? <laughs> yeah, that's, so, that's a that's another wonder. Yeah. Maybe we could put the wonders of the shoot that made the shooting. Of course, shot. you know, I told, uh, I tell, you know, I've got an ex-girlfriend who I'm keeping uh, apprised of the whole progress. And one day she said to me, Tom, this is going to be a great documentary, but forget it. She said, this is a great story. But the big story is the story behind the Sugar Shack. All the crazy things that are happening to make this thing happen. And I said, well, that'll be another book when we start talking about the miracles of the Sugar Shack and why it was meant to be and how it came to be. You know, my thing, Rudy, is, you know, you can plan all the things you want in life. When somebody's got an expression, yeah, you want to make God laugh, have a plan because he's got another plan. And when you think that that Sugar Shack became what it was, and you never sat down and planned it to become what it was. It was the Shirelles that changed the club from a white dating club to a predominantly black club, and your decision to go with black acts. I mean, all of that happened. Yeah, well, uh, the music uh, at the barn with Wayne Cochran changed, changed uh, the direction. I was yep. in an album, well, Jimmy. I was in the Al Johnson. That's right, and, and that's, that's what we're going to uh, we're going to put in the. Uh, well, certainly when Billy and I continue to write, if you know he doesn't, Hollywood doesn't. He's right now the lights and the cameras and the action have hypnotized him. But when we get back to writing the uh, the play, back to the Sugar Shack, we've got to incorporate all of those things. And uh, I yeah. I told Rick that uh, we will go down to Florida. To film Wayne, that's a must. Um, yeah, that's Cochran, one of the best stories. Well, you could. Uh, yeah, how do I put this? Jackie Jackie Gleason. You got the you got the tape. Of yeah, Jackie that beautiful Gleason. clip from Jackie Gleason, who said the same thing you did. I went to the barn the other night. I don't get impressed easily, but I went to the barn and saw this gentleman. I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> I was on the same page as Jackie Gleason. Could you beat this? That's and nobody right. like 
was on the same page that Jackie Gleason was on. It was unbelievable. Yep. I, yep. I saw <laughs> this maniac just all over the place with a dynamite horn band screaming and up and down. I said, what the fuck is, what the hell is this? <laughs> You know, I said to uh, Rick Dumont the other night, I said, uh, I said, you got to understand something. I said, people, once in a while, money comes up. And I said, of course, we would love to monetize this and make money and see it all. I said, of course. I said, but I'll tell you something right now. If all of a sudden this ended tomorrow, I had a blast. <laughs> I got to hang out with George Clinton. I yeah, not not for anything. We should uh, try and get in the musical that Jackie Gleason story. Oh, I, yeah, you know, get that clip. It's only a what? It's a two or three minute clip. Absolutely, we can put that right up on the screen. Yeah, that we both agreed on this uh, miracle wonder man, Wayne Carter. Yep. That was you know when we found that and you saw that you said oh my God Jackie Gleason said the exact same words I did. Yeah. And then I says, is this his original music? He says, no. He says, he's doing James Brown. He's doing Al, uh, Sam and Dave, uh, Arthur Conley. He's doing all those. Yeah. And then I says, wow. Then I had to check that out. And all the knowledge I learned from Jerry Vale, the agencies, the billboards, the music. Uh, then I put that all into work. And, uh, I start watching the the charts, and uh, that's how I got into it. Yeah, and I, I got to give a shout out to Billy Porter again. Billy, are you listening to this? <laughs> are you listening to this part, Billy? <laughs> this is the story. <clears throat> well, this is the story, and that you should listen to yourself too. This is the story, and. Uh, the story and the the music and everything that happened in the background is is the other part of the story. And I said the big part of the story is that the harmony in the music and the harmony in the club, in spite of all the... You know, hey, Rudy, let me just say this. With all the things that are going on right now, unfortunately, with race in this society right today, this movie has a message that is so pertinent to today and so important that people are going to look at it and go, look at this. They're talking about something that happened 50 years ago when there were big problems in this country, and here we are having problems again, and there was one place that there was no problems. No problems. No problems. The sugar jackpot, gangsters, pimps, whores, college kids, regular tourists. (laughs) It was a mixture. Everybody... And no problems for 10 years. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's, uh, you know, and we're, you know, and the other thing, Rudy, is we've been doing these shows uh, for a year, and all of this stuff is documented, Rudy. This is, um, this is all hey, put down. Tom. Yep. I have a 
friend of mine that just dropped by with Sean. He wants to say hello, and I was telling him about the Sugar Shack and the, the club that we had 50 years ago, and y'all bringing it back to life. Sean, yeah, say hello. Let's put Sean on here. What's going on, Mr. Hayes? Hey, Sean. How are you, buddy? I'm pretty good. Yourself? Good. How do you know Rudy? I I, I bring food to him. Oh, great. Well, do you know about his fabulous club? Yeah, every now and then I just I drop off stuff to him and we talk about music and stuff like that. He he teaches me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you got the best teacher of all. Uh, Billy Porter, I just saw that you tried to call in, so I couldn't get to the to the phone to click it in time. So if you want to give a call back, do that. Sean, um, you're, you're uh, hanging out with a guy that is a legend with all of the greatest old-school music acts that ever existed, from the Stylistics and the James Brown and Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles and the uh, Four Tops and uh, two of the original band members of The Temptations to Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes and Teddy Pendergast and Barry White and on and on and on, Gladys Knight and the Pips. This gentleman, Jackie Wilson, this gentleman that you are in the room with right now, hired all those people, brought him to his club, and those people didn't refer to that Sugar Shack as a club. They, every single one of them called it home. Because when we went to the Sugar Shack, we went back to Rudy's home. It was Rudy's Sugar Shack. And so Rudy is the real deal. <laughs> I'm glad I got a chance to I get the chance to talk to him because like I said I I love music like I said everywhere from from Etta James to Marvin we had Etta James Did you? yeah she worked for us Etta James yep exactly my, my first my first concert I went to was in 1978 I got to see uh, Bootsy Collins and Funkadelic oh that's <laughs> that's hysterical Bootsy. because. It was George Clinton in the Funkadelics. <laughs> we uh, we just got back from, yeah, about two months ago, three months ago, we were in uh, Missoula, Montana, and George Clinton okay. and the Funkadelics, we were in his dressing room. Oh, wow. Talking about, talking about his times with, with, uh, with Rudy and the Sugar Shack. Oh, yeah. And hopefully we're going to... Hopefully we're going to be meeting Bootsy Collins in August at a local uh, casino here and get okay. him on film. That, so that you're talking good, to yeah. the man, my friend. The concert was <laughs> in Oakland at the Coliseum. Yeah. Yep, I got to see the, the Brides of Funkenstein, uh, Uncle Jam's Army, all those guys. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, we were treated... We were treated like great. royalty with by George Clinton, the man himself. Yeah, he just left. Uh, yeah, he okay. brings me some of it. Uh, it's unbelievable the the way uh, you can remember. Like, in other words, you mention a name, everybody gets a trade. Like George Clinton, Bootsy Collins. You can make, not taking away anything from uh, these the stars uh, that were around in those days, but people go crazy over these George Clintons and Bootsy Collins. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
Even today, real. you're right. They're still they're still performing it's today. They got a brand new following. Yeah, it's unbelievable. The people, and then you mentioned uh, some of the acts uh, that work the sugar shack. Oh, 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 they, they seem to go crazy because it's, it's like uh, there was a lot of memories there. I've been in a lot of clubs. You mentioned I, I've been in every showroom in Vegas. I've been at the Copacabana. I've been in Florida. The Blue. Hey, we got a caller, Rudy. We got a caller. Hang on, hang on. This is Tom Hayes. We got a seven eight one number calling in. Welcome to the show. Who've we got? Thank you. This is Woody. Uh, oh, Woody. oh Lord. yeah! <laughs> <laughs> hey, Woody. <laughs> Great. Yes. You know, I've been. You must ears. It must have been ringing the past two weeks, man, because I've been talking <laughs> about you over and over and over and over and over. I've been talking to you on. I was on Blue Hill Ave in uh, next to Simcoe by the bridge. There's a little wow, no company kidding. in there. I was, uh, um, Richard Phipps. I was mentioning your name to Richard and to uh, uh-huh. Emily, his his staff, uh, Emily Guzman. And I was mm-hmm. talking about Woody. I said, "Yeah, Woody was a singer with the. He was a band leader for the Lords, and is now a minister. And what's the name Let of your church? It's called uh, Faith Urban Assembly. And we're Faith and Urban Assembly. Yes, and we're up in Dorchester, uh, right down the street from the courthouse. Up yeah, in Dorchester, and, um, a, big, a big white uh, courthouse. Uh, yeah, yeah, on Blue Hill Avenue. Yeah. Um, that we're right uh, one street, one block down, um, and it, Melville Street. Very Melville nice Street, street. And it's very faith, nice area. What is it again? Give us the proper name. Faith Urban Assembly. Great, great, great. Melville, uh, fantastic. So, Rudy, you want to do give what, a proper introduction to Woody? I want to say that we're talking about the wonders of things. Woody is the one that saved the sugar shack. (laughs) 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 Woody, I've been I've been singing your praises for a week, and I keep repeating. And you know, let's let's call it since you are a minister. Let's call it the power of God. We have seen the power of God, and I keep trying to tell Rudy. Relax. The power of God created the sugar shack, in my estimation. The power of God's kept the memory, and the power of God, we're preaching right now. We're testifying, Woody. We're testifying, and the power yep. of God brought you here to the show today. And we, uh, I've been telling, we've got a new cameraman, new director on board with the shack, and I said, we have got to get to, over to Woody, and we've got to get you on film, my friend. I would love to do that. Really well, would. we're going to do it. We're going to do it in the next couple of weeks uh, if oh, you're available. Right. Yeah, we want to. Well, I, I would really like to come to the church and do it there if that's okay with you. Yes. Um, I just want to talk to. Uh, we have uh, co ministers, you know, so it's more than just myself now. Um, we have a senior minister. Um, but I, what I'll do is because uh, I'll be in church Sunday, um, but I'll call you Thursday. And we'll we'll set this up. Excellent, excellent. You know, we uh, I am writing the play, the call back to the Sugar Shack with uh, with Billy Porter, and what we're doing is we're tracing you know brief uh, outline of Rudy's story, 
and intermingling right. with the, with the sugar shack stories. And one of the b- scenes you are written into the play uh, because I want the scene where you say to Rudy, like you did on the, uh, one, the last one of the last podcasts we did. Mm-hmm. You said, Rudy, I loved you, and we had a great relationship, and you were like a father to me, and you gave us all these breaks, but whenever you started speaking Italian, I got out of the office. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they would laugh at me, but I got out. I said, I don't want them to even think I know a thing. <laughs> Nothing. I said, where are you going? I said, leaving. Leaving. That's what I'm doing. I'm leaving. Because the same thing happened well, to my we- father. My father's playing Basin Street, uh, and uh, the, all the Motown groups would come. When they came to Boston back then, uh, the Sugar Shack wasn't there, so they would go to Basin Street. And my father was uh, sitting uh, in a booth, and there were some men uh, uh, um, in the next booth, and they were speaking Italian. And um, they looked at him, and uh, um, one of the guys said, oh, he's black, he doesn't speak Italian. And my father, when he got up to sing, he was singing an Italian song. He didn't know what it meant. He was singing it by rope, but their heads swung around and said he speaks Italian. He heard everything he said. And my father had to explain to him, no, I didn't understand you. I just sang what I heard. I could have been singing about birds in the trees for all I know. But the people like it. <laughs> so I've been down that road. Listening to my father. I say, well, they won't catch me like that. I'll be out of building. Woody. Yes. Woody, how many of the guys uh, still living, Woody? Okay, I talked with Sonny last week. I talked yeah, with Bill really- every week. Um, Warren has passed. Fred has passed. But A.D., who sang the lead of, us, uh, of the song we put out, they did well. And um, uh, Phil, who's up here with me, we're singing gospel. Um, and um, myself. So there's, there's four of us. Four. Well, yeah, give my... Give my best to all of them and thank them from my heart. Believe me, they really saved the sugar check when I tell you. Well, I'll Simon tell you, you're right. Up, but you Woody made history just, doing that, Rudy, because you opened up the doors for other local groups to come in. Now, I will grant you that we made you some good money that day. <laughs> <laughs> because you all were shot. We broke y'all's record. Because so many people were there to see us, they couldn't believe we were at the shack. Yeah, right. And then we were identified with the shack. Hey, the Lords are at the shack, and we knew we would have a crowd. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I thank you for attending my wedding, and Masha and I are still married. We've been together 50 years. And God we're married. On a, we're on a 47th year of being married. God oh, bless memory. I think you got to write a book, Memories of the Sugar Shack. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yes, and I'm telling you, I got a lot of stories. I know a well, lot of you, things. We want to film them. Okay. We want to film them. Now, can you, 
what we'd like to do, Woody, ideally, is to get you and the four remaining members, if we could do that together, you know. We, and we don't have to go to the church on Sunday. We want to because we'd love to get the footage of you now singing gospel and, and you know, testifying and all of that. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> we can do two shoots. We can yeah. find another place to sit with you and the band and hear right. all the stories. You know, we sat with Tavares, the whole family, and one of the best shoots we ever did. And we'd like oh, to do no something kidding. similar, get the four of you together and just go okay. around and around and get these great stories out. Well, I'm, I'll be talking to Sonny today, um, and he's Ollie. out and he's, he's in Arizona. Uh, and A.D., I just talked to, he's still out in L.A. But I think they would, um, uh, we, could, well, we might be able to work something out. Also, yesterday I was just talking to Glenn Brooks, and I know Rudy knows him. He was when we were the Lords and the People. Glenn was the bass player uh, of the of the People, and um, I remember, he's still trying to get us together, you know. And uh, so he would like to be there. And um, uh, I have talked to all the sons, uh, uh, Fred Jr. I've talked to Warren Harrington's two sons, and um, they just want to meet, you know. And so. Uh, we've been kind of working on that, uh, but I talked to them by Facebook, so um, I will put that word out there. Um, I'll talk to uh, Sonny and I'll talk to AD and find out what we can do. We uh, want to have a party. We want to have yeah, a music party and get all yeah. of the stories and have some laughs and you know mm-hmm. we'll uh, we may today we can do anything with the computer. We may be able to actually Skype uh, Rudy in at the same time. In fact. I'm familiar oh, with yeah. the uh, people at BNN TV. We may even have a ch- uh, chance to uh, to use the studio there for the, something wow. like this, and even oh, Skype yeah, that uh, would, Rudy. That, ex- yes, that would be excellent. That really yeah. would be because Rudy yep. Rudy made history here for all the guys that didn't have hits and so forth, but were just as good. And we were the first ones that he reached out and brought us in. And when he saw what we could do there, he realized that he didn't have to get all the top backs from right. someplace else. And that's when he really started making some money. And Rudy, you know it. Because <laughs> you didn't have to pay them big dollars, you know, yeah. for the big, big acts. Because there's a lot of people with different followers that would come to the shack. But um, yeah. uh, the, the shack is still alive in a lot of people's minds up here in Boston, believe me. And, um, well, you know, it's funny, I'm, uh, Rudy and I, the last, co- you know, we're just talking about exactly what just happened here. In, in the last uh, month or so, uh, we were, I was just getting to the end of the show, and I thought we were getting to the end of the show today, and then bingo, we get this beautiful call from you that just gives us so much to talk about, and we ended up with a, a guy by the name of Bruce Howard a few weeks ago who turned us on to Jay Leno, and Jay, Jay mm-hmm. Leno has made a commitment, at least the secretary has made a commitment to do the film, so imagine that, uh, you know, you're going to be shit sharing the screen with him, and then you call in today. And so we've had, just when we're about to sign off, so many times we get this big shot of energy. So, And this is what, what keeps us going. And last week we started playing, we're going to put together uh, an album 
uh, albums, uh, the the playlist of the Sugar, the songbook, the Sugar Shack songbook. Okay. And what yeah. you're just saying is, um, here's a, the Shirelles, Eddie Jacobs, and the Mighty Soul Rockets. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking for some of uh, the Esquires. Um, mm-hmm. um, the, so now through Sunday, here it is. Uh, this was in the Boston Herald, 72168. Um, uh Boston's the Sugar Shack, Boston's authentic soul spot, 110 Boylston Street. Telephone right. number 426 It opened uh, 8 to 2 a.m. Sunday matinee 36 presents. Opening Monday, July 22nd, our big summer attraction, Little Stevie Wonder. I was mm-hmm. made the lover. Now through mm-hmm. Sunday, the Lords and the People. July 29th, my, my. the Esquires. August 5th, Cliff Noble, the horse. Wow. Isn't that something? Yeah, something? huh? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it really is. So, because he opened up a lot of doors, and people would strive from the city. You know, if we can make it to the shack, we got a chance. That's what the and it was. That's the hope that Rudy gave to a lot of guys that were just out here that would have been instead of doing drugs, they were singing because they were striving to get to the shack. So wow. he, he doesn't really know, Rudy. You really had an impact on this city in the black community. You really did. You know, I'm, I'm glad you're saying that uh, because Rudy and I fight about this from time to time. But he's getting better. He start, He doesn't fight with me as much. When mm-hmm. we sat with um, with the, the the OJs, we sat with Eddie Levert, and we sat with uh, Walter Williams, or we sat no matter who we sit with. That is exactly what people are saying. That's why this story is as much about Rudy as it is about the shack, because there was love there. That's right. Uh, love and respect. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I'm living proof of it. I know. So yeah, no well, you, uh, he it. has to hear this because he keeps saying, I just want this to be about the club. <laughs> no, that's it's got to be about him too because he doesn't know the it's impact. It's got to be he's about had. him. Yes, that's right. He's Absolutely. the story. I don't know if another man would have done what he did. There you go. You know, seriously, Woody, I'm getting the chills, and this is what we every time we do these. You know, there's Walter. I told Rudy, Walter Williams was sitting back in the couch. And he was going on telling us some great funny stories about the shack. And then he leaned forward. He got on the edge. I said, would you say something to Rudy? So look into the camera and say something to Rudy. And he got close to put his face maybe six inches from the screen. Mm-hmm. And he says, I, I want to tell you something, Rudy. <clears throat> because of the opportunities you gave us, because of the environment you put us in, where we could come in and experiment, we could work on new tunes, he says, and because of the close crowd interaction, he says, you enabled me to become the entertainer that I am today. Mm. And then he got real yeah, quiet, and he looked he at could, the camera, he, and he, he said, I'm going to tell you something now. Mm-hmm. He says, because uh, you were a few years older than us, and you treated us like family, you treated us like a father. He said, I'm going to tell you, Rudy mm-hmm. Garino, today I wouldn't be the man I am today without you. That's right. That's right. He's absolutely correct. You know, he has touched many lives, and uh, they talk about it uh, on Facebook. And when first came out that it might be coming, people said, really? They, I mean, it was amazing. I said, wow, all these people, look at, look at this. And um, I, I realized that he had really made an impact on the black community here. Uh, it had a place that they could go to that was 
known everywhere. He brought in the best acts. And you could always count on having a good time. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, you, you didn't see big fights. You didn't see, I mean, it wasn't that kind of a place. You know, it just wasn't, no. you know, and for us, when we played Boston, we played the Shack, that meant we were home. From all the other clubs we played, that was home. See, I don't mean to interrupt you, Tom. That's the other part of the Sugar Shack, the home. That's the right. Place. No That's problem. Right. Never a fight. I didn't even know what the word racism meant. We never I even know. I, I, you're right. <laughs> Everybody got along with everybody. That's right. It was unbelievable. That's right. Sugar. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't matter, Sugar. Woody. Whether it's not like that anymore. No, now no, it's not. No. Well, I said to him, we just got through saying before you called in. I said, Rudy, you know, the backdrop. We're, not, you know, we, we're hitting this thing from many different angles, and one of the first things, in fact. One of the scenes that's you know, come to my mind as is, is, uh, putting this together is those scenes in the Serengeti when they've got the watering hole and you've got the <laughs> water buffalo mm-hmm. and you've got the panther and you've got the lion and you've got the tiger and you've got the uh, wildebeest and the mm-hmm. zebra and the elephants and everybody's drinking from the water hole. It's like they said, okay. When we go back to the jungle, we're going to eat each other. <laughs> yeah. But right now, we're just going to drink. But right now, we're going to drink the water. <laughs> yep. And the game's going to be until we get outside. Nobody's going to anybody. <laughs> That's right. Nobody's going to fight. And that was the sugar shack. Yep. With all the fighting and everything else who went outside, when you went into the sugar shack, it was a holy place. It was a sacred place. Yep. You knew. Yep. That's right. It was that not that going to be any problem at the shack. Nope. And fact, everybody Woody, because knew I grew why, up don't we, Rudy? <laughs> Who we talk? Oh, when I was talking to, to Herb of Peaches and Herb, uh-huh. with the new director we have, Rick Devon, and he said, <clears throat> and, and and Herb said, you got to understand, you didn't mess around because it was Rudy's place, and he said, <laughs> right. Rudy had two families, and if you know That's what right. I mean. He had us, his family Then he had his other family And because there was two families There was never a problem That's right (laughs) It was Rudy's way It would not be tolerated (laughs) That's right That's right He had the right man at the door Jerry (laughs) Jerry knew who was good and and who was not Jerry McFair And he would watch him turn people away you know, yeah. because he knew they were trouble. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Hey, Rudy, hey, are you Rudy. having a good time today? Rudy, are you having a I'm good a, time today? I'm 87 years old. If this keeps going on, I'm going to live to another 100 years. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Bible says that you've got another 40 coming. <laughs> that, that's from the preacher man. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, oh my goodness! Hey, well, Woody, I, you know one of the things we're finding out. We want to put a little slice on this story. Is uh, a lot of the pimps became preachers. <laughs> you know something? So a lot of them did. There were yeah. some of them that did. Yes. You know, yep. that that's, and, uh, that's really is the truth. Um, uh, B. 
Bishop Smith, who had one of the biggest churches in Boston, he used to sing. Uh, 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 he never made the shack, uh, but um, he was in one of the biggest groups in Boston, and we used to look at them. And uh, he went on to be one of the biggest uh, bishops in the city. Wow. He had a lot of clout and everything. And um, uh, because he knew both sides of the world, if you know what I'm saying. Yep. Of course, you, know, you, so you couldn't run nothing the by him. And yeah. uh, that's how it was for me. You know, it wasn't too much you could run by me that I didn't know. You know, but they just assumed, because I was a minister, that I don't know nothing. If they only knew. <laughs> Little <laughs> Sometimes I would listen to them, and I'd say, you know, they don't have a clue what I know. You know, but oh, that's exactly. all right. I'm going to keep it that way. Well, you know, I say that to people. My, my, uh, my bringing up... My being brought up in Roxbury, when I used to, when I got out into the uh, corporate world and people would put stunts on me, I would just look at, I would be shocked and amazed. I said, how can you possibly do that? You have no idea what I'm capable of. (laughs) You have no idea what I learned in Roxbury. That's right. You know, you know. Because if you walked into Barry, you 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 had something. You you could man up. And, and I said, well, and I said, I I I was like that zebra on the Serengeti. I said, I said mm-hmm. it's when that cheetah was coming. I said, yeah. I was a meal. I had that white skin that stood out. I said, I was an easy mark. So I had to run like that zebra. It is funny. Uh, I got to tell a quick story. I live here on the beach now in South Boston, and last year there's no dogs allowed on the beach in the summertime, and and you're always supposed to have a dog on a leash. Well, this couple walks by, dog is not on a leash, and he goes after this poor Latino family with three little girls, and he terrifies the three little girls. And the whole beach is sitting there. Nobody said anything. And I said, hey, hey. I said, first of all, I said, uh, that dog should be on a leash. You shouldn't be on the beach. Get him away from those little girls. They're petrified of him. And the guy came up, and he was a, let me call him a salty rasp. And mm. he comes up to me, and he says to me, he's in his 20s, and I'm 69, and I'm on, I have one leg, and I'm on my crutches, and I'm on my bathing suit. And he charges me. So I stood up wow. with my crutches. Cause it, yeah, he, so he stood up with my crutches, I had my crutches, to let him know that he was going to, if he came close, it would be bad. So he says to me, where did you grow up? He says, I'm from Southie. He says, my name is Billy I forget his last name, McCloskey, whatever. And he said, uh, where did you grow up? He said, you didn't grow up around here. I said, you know something, Billy? I said, you're absolutely right. I said, I grew up two miles from here. I grew up in Roxbury. And let me tell you something, Billy. Right now, you just made a bad move. I said, you just told me who you were. <laughs> I said, that was one cardinal rule in Roxbury. You never let That's anybody right. know where you were or what your name was. That's right. I said, because now, Billy, I can find you. <laughs> And he looked at me, turned around, and walked away. <laughs> I said, see, that's oh, the difference between Roxbury and Southie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't do stupid things like that, Billy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> My goodness. So, well, well with all oh, this is just, I, I, you heard how excited I was when you called. I mean, this is a, yes, I, I, you know, talk about, you know, we. I really believe in, that this is a divine appointment, and I mean that with all the sincerity, no disrespect to anybody's concept of God, but no, this is a divine, that. I I believe yes, that, that the sugar right. shack was a divine divine appointment. The sugar shack happened yes. for a reason yes. that 
that it transformed. If there was any experience in Boston at the time with all of that hate and problems mm-hmm. and everything else, there was one place that was a church. Yes, you could go. That's right. There was a temple. And it didn't matter whether you were black or white. Exactly. You know, at the shack, it was colorless. You know, everybody was colorblind. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's, it was. that's the word. That's a beautiful word, colorblind. When you went in, yes. it all changed. You know, mm-hmm. I can remember sitting at the tables, and, you know, my wife at the time, she grew up on Dudley Street, and, mm-hmm. you know, I, here I was in, um, you know, in, um, in on Warren Street, and, mm-hmm. you know, we knew what it was like, you know, to deal with things in, in the city every day in the Berry. And then we right. went in there, and, and people, you know, beside us, these black girls would talk to us and say, hey, how you doing, honey? We saw you last week. You know, come on, we're going to teach you how to dance. <laughs> <laughs> because we saw you dance, and you need to learn how to dance. <laughs> and we just always, we developed great friendships, and it was the, and it was the only, when I tell people about the shack, I said the only problem with the shack is it was from the, when you parked the car, Till you got there, you were nervous. <laughs> yeah. You went as fast as you could till you got to the door. I said, once that's you got true. to the door, yeah. that's true. I said, because anything could have happened, either whether you were black or white. Anything could have right. happened in that part of town. That's but once right. you got in there, that was that was the demilitarized zone. That's right. <laughs> and the irony was, there was more firepower in that club than any place that's in the right. city. You are, you are so right. I saw, I'm going to tell you this one thing, and I know you got to go, and i got to go. But Rudy sent us to Texas, to Dallas. And we met some of the people that were there and so forth. And one, this blonde-headed guy, he, he told me, you know, he said, yeah, he said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hit man. And then I found out he wasn't playing with me. He was real. And <laughs> when we got back to the sugar shack, who do I see? Blondie. Well, that was yesterday. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's that same guy from Texas. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, I'm glad I didn't do nothing wrong, because you never know. <laughs> Ruth, uh, Woody, I'm so happy you called in. Literally, I, I've been shouting your name loud and clear, telling everybody we got to get together and do this shoot. You're an important part mm-hmm. of the story. And, um, and, you know, the, the great words that you, you said uh, today, you know, are just exactly what we wanted to hear. And Rudy needs to hear it. Rudy has to. Yeah, he does. Rudy he told does. me that since this has started, we've taken, what, 20 years off your life, Rudy? Yeah. <laughs> you, added, you added about 20 years. Not taking it yeah. off. Yeah. These are exciting sure. times, you know. Rudy's daughter, one of the stories we're telling earlier today is that Rudy's daughter, Susanna, who is coming into her own right now, we've had so much fun with this whole thing, and uh, like the laughs we had. I don't know if you've ever heard the uh, George Clinton uh, podcast, but you should, if you know how to get in, and I can send you a link to it, um, I will, uh, you you got to listen to George. He came in like, <laughs> he came in like a lion, right, Rudy? Yeah, I, Rudy asked me, let me tell you this. I, I saw them uh, in Philadelphia at the Uptown Theater. We were there, too. When I came back to Boston, I showed Rudy the picture of them. They had a big hit out called I Want to Testify. And 
they Rudy brought them in. But when they got there, they weren't. I remember Rudy took the picture. He called me into the office. He said, you see this picture? This is the picture you showed me. You told me these guys were good. What is that out there? Because they had gotten to the funkadelic parliament thing, which I didn't know about. Now, they scared half the people in the club just entertaining. But Rudy was smart enough to put them in the cave. And all those college kids packed the cave out to see the crazy parliament. You know, because they would do that, hey, whatever, you know, but P-Funk was born. Because I, I, I knew George very well. Amazing. And he was Mr. P-Funk. But I just never forget, Rudy showed me the picture, and he said, that's not what's out there. And there was nothing I could say. <laughs> they went in another direction. I didn't know. <laughs> but well, they got you just famous. yourself. You just wrote yourself. You Seriously, when Billy Porter and I sat down, we said, we've got to make Woody a main character. One of the Not, not the main character, but he's going to be a running character throughout the play because you were the house band, and you had privy to all of this stuff. And because of your, your involvement in that scene with George, mm-hmm. I mean, you just make this thing all the more hysterical. I'm a comedian. Yes. I understand the rich content here. This is mm-hmm. hysterical stuff. And the fact that Rudy, Rudy never minded he yells at George and he calls the agent, but then he calls you. And <laughs> this ain't what you showed me. That's not what's out there. <laughs> and, uh, he got the, I told him about the whispers. He brought the whispers in. And, yeah. um, they, and the whispers were excellent, you know. Um I don't mean to interrupt. Tom, tell him what the agent says about the Funkadelics. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy calls the agent and says, this ain't what you showed me. This ain't what I bought. He says, I ain't putting them on. And the agent says, if you don't put them on, I'm coming up in there and going to burn your fucking club down. <laughs> and Rudy said, come up here now. If you're going to do it, come on up. We're ready for you. <laughs> Like Rudy, really, really, really does. <laughs> All because, over the funk funkadelics. Yes, because uh, that's what he called so me. Now he said, "Cause I, I bounced for them." I said, "Yeah, I saw them." You know, and uh, <laughs> he said, "Look at this picture." Now tell me who that is out there. <laughs> I couldn't even say anything. Because I didn't get it my own self. <laughs> I was looking for the sparkly suits and the hair being straight and so forth. Oh, that was over with. I think one night George came out in diapers. I got it, right? <laughs> I was there. I saw oh, okay. it. My wife and I were horrified. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the shy lights. <laughs> this is not the Delphonics. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what happened to Harold Melvin? This is not yeah. a group. <laughs> hey, Tom, you got to put that in the play, Tom. Yeah, of course it's going to be in the play, and we're going to just – Woody just wrote two more, two or three more lines here. you got to put the Josh Clinton story in there. That is, that is, oh, that Rudy, it's going to be 20 minutes of the play, literally 20 minutes of people – 
dying is one of the most important parts. And the other important part is Woody saying to you every time they're going to running gag throughout the play is every time you're you're always in the, going in and out of the office, Woody. And every time uh-huh. Rudy starts speaking Italian, you run. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and it's going to be it's going to build and it's going to build and it's going to build. But that story about your dad saying, "Hey, I don't speak Italian," and then getting up and singing an Italian song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a scene out of Goodfellas, man. Yeah. You know, he, said, he said they all turned around and looked at him. What? <laughs> and that's what the first thing he had to do when he got off the stage was go right over to them and let him understand that he didn't understand anything he was singing. He just hoped it sounded good. And he was pronouncing the words correctly. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> uh, hey, Rudy, you having fun yet? <laughs> yeah, I told you, you guys are going to add on another 20, 30 years of my life. I'm going to wait for everything to just... Well, you know... Yeah, um, Woody, we went over the story of how I've been wanting to do this for 40 years, and then one day yeah. I got a call from... Ralph P. saying, hey, I thought you were going to do a podcast, and because of my involvement, and one thing led to the other, all the little steps along the way, we connected with Rudy, and um, and and it's been a year of these beautiful podcasts, which I was just about to tell Rudy before, when, just as you called in, I said, these wow. are preserved forever, and we can even put these into transcripts. This is a book in itself right here, just yes. what's been going on for a year, and your, your yes. stories, that story about Ohio... Mm-hmm. One of the most, one of the coolest stories I've ever heard, you know, escaping from Ohio. You know, yes. we told we told Eddie Levert and um, we told uh, Walter Williams your story about how their wives used to come and watch you guys. That's right, because <laughs> Eddie came up there. He, you know, and he, 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 and he said, I know you don't know who I am. I said, I know who you are, Eddie Levert. I said, you used to play ODs in Cambridge. I said, there used to be five of you. And he said, wow. You, you, you used to, I said, well, you, you couldn't play any place else because he couldn't play the check back then. And, right. you know, I mean, that's the way it was uh, yep. for all of us. That's why I said Rudy really doesn't know the impact that he really made because yep. us along with Tavares and Harold Melvin, all of us have played the same circuit. We, we yep. all knew each other, but we never could reach that shack status. And when we broke through, when Rudy called, and we got in there, all of Boston came out. Yeah. Because well, you we know, were at I just Shack. looked at another name that was a local name, Ralph Graham, right? Yes, Ralph said, well, I don't know if Ralph was still singing. I know I saw him a few years back because he was at Ken's Pub for five years. And wow. uh, he can still, he, I'm telling you, you still got it. Wow. He still got it. Wow! All I can say. Remember that name, Rudy? Yeah, that rings a bell. Yep. 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 And, I uh, remember him. He was a local mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. Yeah. It came right out of Lang Street Project, just like me. Yeah. Which which project? Lennox Street. Lennox Street. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I know it. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, that was. Um, besides that, um, then they built. Uh, over there on Ruggles Street, and I remember as a kid we moved over there. Yeah. Um, Once my mother grew up on Ruggles Street. Wow, no kidding. 
My yep. goodness gracious. See, it's a small world. Just don't yeah, know. It's, it's a small, beautiful world. Beautiful world. That it this is. is happening at this time in our lives. I'm telling you. Yeah. You are going to see. You part. are a big part. Woody, you are a big part of this film. You, we we need you. You're going to be up there with all of the greats because you are great. And um, you're going to work. It's going to be a capsulation of this great time, great guy, great music. Um, and in, once we put this in, then it's there forever. This documentary yes, will be you're right. our testament, our testament to one of the greatest happenings ever in the city of Boston, ever in the That's world. That's right. That's right. So, absolutely. Thank you. I've got your number now. Yeah. I'm going to be calling you in the next couple of weeks. And, okay. Uh, let's put this together. Let's do it right. Okay. Um, you know, I'd love to go, come to the church and get footage of the church and mm-hmm. hear all of these great stories for for the world. And you got to understand, we're going to get an Oscar. We're shooting for the Oscar. We got okay. names like Frankie Valli. We got George Clinton. We, you know, oh, yeah. we're, we're going to get Jay Leno. We we got mm-hmm. we got some surprise guests from the other side that mm-hmm. we're going to bring into this. We're going to build a dramatic. Fabulous, touching, moving, funny story. Well, hey, I don't mean to interrupt, Doc. The way the country is going today, with all the uh, horrors and shootings and terrors, they need a sugar shack to calm everybody down and bring everybody together. Well, that's going to be our message. He's right, that's Rudy. You're He's absolutely right. That's our message. Is that that yep. opening scenes were the race riots in Roxbury? Over mm-hmm. 50 years ago, and then mm-hmm. we contrasted. There's Skippy White saying, "The one place yep. you could go, it's by, and and God bless Skippy, he stayed yeah. open during all the riots. Yeah, he, he was a cat who lived it. That's right. You know, and, he and he's it. got a story to tell. Yeah, because he helped push our record. You know, it's sold That's out. Right. And the irony was, the hit was the other side, but they played the wrong side, and everyone loved it. And so in Boston, they bought it for one side, where the rest of the world was listening to the other side. And, and a lot of times he made the other side a hit yeah. by playing it. That's you right. Know? That's right. right. You know, you're absolutely right. Well, it's been great talking again, to you. Again, I can't thank you enough for calling in. Every week we get a surprise. You know, right, Rudy? Don't we get a surprise every week? We sure do. Yeah, it's good hearing Rudy's voice. You know, you know how so did you, uh, what, did you just see that on Facebook that we were on the air? Someone called me. And they oh, said, great, you know great. that they're saying that the Sugar Shack is go- going to have a reunion? And I said, and that's what made me call. Because Fantastic. they were talking about this reunion. And I said, I have yep. to wait. I have to find out if this is real. So yeah, when yeah. I called oh, you the yeah, first definitely. time, he said what the process was going to be. You know, well, I understand. Uh, but it got us talking, the guys in the group and the guys that right. were in the people and so forth. So that was the impetus for us getting back together, just talking on the phone and saying we were going to get together sometime this summer before the summer's out, uh, and they were going to come up from wherever they were and um, see what we could do. And I, you well, know, so they, they all understood that it was going to have to be gospel, and they said no problem, and um, so we just went from there. Um, but I well, just we wanna, look forward to doing something. We want to get involved in any reunion there is, you know. Yes, yes. Well, that's what they were saying. And there's a lot of people that uh, would love to see that. And it was just so funny because just last week someone posted on on uh, uh, 
of run out of words now. Facebook. Uh, what happened to the reunion? And then uh-huh. someone wrote back and said, uh, uh, it's still happening, but remember, he has to do Vegas first, and it's all about the money. You have things to get right and so forth. And they were trying to help that person hold on to that dream, you know, because for yep. them it was going back to the good old days. Yep. When I talked to my brother, you know, he says the good, the good days, the days of the sugar shack, that's what I remember the best. Right, right. Because that's wow. how it was. Just, just you know, terrific. because they were watching Italians get along with blacks, and it was no problems. That's right. You know, and we were kids. My wife and I were just kids. We were in our early 20s, and mm-hmm. we were coming out of Roxbury to hear the music that we heard on the streets and on the radio and to see it live. And it was just, um, you know, it was like a dream come true for us. In fact, I I think I said the story to you. I told everybody we're in Rome. I went to Rome before we got married, and I went over for the whole summer. I wasn't traveling through Europe, and I brought my fiancé, my wife, over, and we spent a week in Rome and Florence and Venice, saw all of the wonders of the world. And I said to her the last night, she was going home. We had, I'll never forget a little Italian restaurant under all these grape leaves. And I said, okay, of all the places we've seen, Places we've been. I want you to tell me. I want you to think worldwide. What is the coolest, most different place in the world? I didn't get the words out of my mouth. She looked at me. The sugar shack. <laughs> <laughs> the sugar shack's the most different place in the world. There's yeah. no place like the, sugar, the most it unique. The unique. Was. The clothes. The music. The people. Everything. The excitement. That's right. You know, when you, you saw the pimp spy, you look over, and then you saw all you saw was flash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, listen, Rudy, we filled up. Last week we did an hour, just Rudy and I, and he was surprised. Rudy, mm-hmm. today we've done an hour and a half. Oh, we've got to save some time for next week. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Well, Woody, I look I'm going to hear you. from you, and I'll get in touch with the other guys and let them know about our conversation. Uh, Woody, it's so, I, again, this is the second miracle this week. Poor George Wilson had to, uh, because of some other personal commitments, had to pull out mm-hmm. of the filming. He's done most of the filming today. Uh-huh. And um, and I had, the last couple of shoots, I had to hire somebody else, a fellow by the name of Rick Dumont, who's a talented, talented guy, and he just lit up when he saw all of this happening and said, geez, I want to get him. The thing that happened was um, I said, okay, let's have a meeting, and uh, we were supposed to meet 1 o'clock on Tuesday. 12.30, George called in and said, you know, guys, I can't continue. And I said, how does a timing like that happen? You know, I mean, Mm. just a smooth, seamless transformation to the next level. And mm-hmm. uh, so we're all excited with new energy to, to to put this all together. Yes. Looking forward to it. All right. Woody, to thanks it. so much. Okay. R- R- Rudy, anything you want to say before uh, Woody takes off? I want, I want to say it's a pleasure talking to Woody, and uh, uh, he'll always remain in my memories, Sugar Shack or no Sugar Shack. Oh, God right bless on. you for that. God bless you for that. All I appreciate right. that. Oh, well, let's, let's continue let's the saga talk. of the Sugar Shack. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sugar Shack. <laughs> I'll be talking to you. 
All right. Thanks oh, so much. Okay. Bless you, man. God bless. All right. Okay. Well, Rudy, there we go. <laughs> Sugar Shack record, Tom. Yeah, well, I'm going to, um, we only got two minutes before it goes off the air here, so I'm going to play, I'm going to play the Sugar Shack song again, and we can uh, say goodbye to everybody, and next week come back, and we're going to have some great music. Okay, Rudy? Okay, bye-bye. Talk to you later. All right, here we go. Beyond the tracks And everybody calls it the sugar shack Well, it's just a coffee house Made out of wood Espresso coffee tastes mighty good That's not the reason why I've got to get back Up to that sugar shack Oh, baby, to that She's a working there. Black leotards and her feet are bare. I'm gonna drink a lot of coffee spend a little cash. Make that girl love me when I put on some trash. You can understand why I've gotta get back up to that sugar Oh, to that. Yeah, honey, to that sugar shack. Oh, yes, to that sugar shack. Well, there we go, Rudy. Hey, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. It was a great show. Yeah, thank you again, and uh, let's uh, keep keep the buzz going. You got it, Rudy. So much fun. All right, see you next week. All right. All right, bye-bye. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.